In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I said uh, last week, this Epiphany season, we're going to be looking at those uh, figures, primarily from the Old Testament, who have manifested God's love and grace and power and world to the people of Israel as well as to the nations surrounding. And these are people who um, were ordinary people. We know them as prophets, uh, priests, and and other and other types of, of great figures. But they didn't become this way. They they're ordinary people that, that God chose, um, and that they answered the call um, that God had given them. Um, not necessarily all of them uh, immediately. And um, the first of these is, is a familiar passage of, of Samuel. Right. No more do we do we know about someone who answered the call of God than Samuel, who says, "Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening." And this is one of the one of the um, amazing uh, passages. Here I am, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Um, you know, this is this we we've heard this over and over again. And oftentimes, this is exactly where that passage ends. Um, but we're going to be looking at at Samuel. In, in a little bit more greater depth to see who he is, because he's a, fam- a very, very familiar character because he's a boy, right? He's about 10 years old. And so we've, we've heard this story a lot, especially if you've grown up in the church, you heard it at Sunday school and you've heard it at vacation Bible school and, and then you hear it in church. But one of the reasons that we hear this story so often is because he is a boy. That God can use even a child. God can use even you, right? We say to our children. You don't have to wait till you're all grown up. You don't have to wait till you're out of school or out of college or have a job to be important. You're important right now. God is calling you, right? If you listen, He's speaking to you, and, and God wants to work in you, through you, the, that you can be a manifestation of God's love to the people around you. And this is an important reality for our children because our children often feel like they're not, they're not worth a whole lot um, until they're all grown up, right? They, they're, not, they're not good enough, they're not smart enough, they're not productive enough. And, and, and even, even in today's society where we sort of elevate our children, they still feel this way. And, and it's really only been in the last hundred years that that you know the the kids have had the opportunity to sort of grow up a little bit more, to go to school, to be to be held in that esteem, and not just sent off to work in the mines or in the mills, or uh, to to gather just a little bit of income for for the family before um, growing up. And so, it's important to sort of start where where Samuel started. How did he even get to this place? Where he's running into the priest saying, Here I am, you called me. Right? Why is he in the temple of the Lord to begin with, serving? And, and it begins with um, his mother Hannah, who's who's married to Elkanah, who's also married to uh, Penaniah. And Penaniah is not a very nice woman. Um, she ridicules Hannah for having no children, for being barren, while she herself has many. And so they all traipse up to the temple year after year to 
to to give sacrifice. And the whole journey to to the temple is filled with with uh, her harassing Hannah uh, and and ridiculing her and tormenting her position as being sort of worthless, right? And 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 one year, Hannah. Uh, loses it really she goes into the temple and just she begins to pray she begins to pour out her her whole self to the lord um and with, with such vexation with such with such angst in the house of the lord that that um, her lips aren't even moving and eli the priest comes and he thinks that she is drunk and he says well what are you don't be drinking here's the house of the lord and she says i'm i'm not my spirit is vexed I'm, I haven't had any strong drink. I'm just so distraught. And I, I'm just praying with everything that I have um, that the Lord might answer me. And Eli says, may, may God give you what it is you want. And uh, when she went home, she says the Lord remembered her. And um, indeed, she bore a son. And, and uh, the next year, she didn't go up. She told Elkanah, no, 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 I, I'm going to give him to the Lord um, when he's weaned. And she does. She, when, when Samuel is weaned, she takes him up to the temple along with a heifer and other, other sacrifices and offers him to the Lord and, and uh, gives him as a gift back to God to serve in the temple uh, in the house of the Lord from that day, from that day forward. Which is amazing, right? Um, and, and, uh, Hannah is blessed. She has more sons and daughters after this as well. But, but this is, this is how she, Hannah responds to the power and presence of God by offering Samuel as a gift back to God because God has given her this gift. And so, um, Samuel grows up in the house of the Lord, serving the Lord under Eli. And now Eli has two worthless sons. Uh, Eli, I mean, and, and they're called worthless sons, which is, you know, just Hophni and Phineas. And Hophni and Phineas, um, they, they don't take the sacrifices in the right way. They sort of, they sort of take more than what's offered to them. You're supposed to pick your fork and put it into the boiling water and whatever it comes out, that's yours. They'd, they'd actually take the meat raw, um, which was an abomination, as well as, as, well as other um, sins as far as, as, far as uh, immorality with, with the women who served at the temple entrance. And so um, all of these things... Uh, that they they were so contemptible. A, a man came. A, a, another man of the Lord came to Eli and said, um, "God is upset with you. You know, you you treat your sons um, with kid gloves. Basically, you let them. You love them more than you love God. They are an abomination. And the Lord has said to you, um, I will make your house a priesthood forever. But I'm changing my mind." Um, the Lord says, no, the buck stops here with you. You will not 
uh, carry on the line. Your sons will not carry on the line. In fact, the, the, you'll know that I'm the Lord because both of them are going to die on the same day. And, um, and Eli says, ah, you know, you're right. I mean, really is what Eli says. He's, he, you know, he's, he, he's a good priest and a bad father, right? I mean, he's, he's not the only bad father in the scripture. Um, there's, there's a few scenes of that. And, uh, Eli rebukes his sons, um, but they don't pay any attention to him um, because they just keep doing what they want. Um, greed and uh, lust and all the other, all the other realities that they'd, they'd rather serve themselves than serve God. And so that leads us to this passage today. This is sort of the backdrop of, of Samuel who's ministering to the Lord under Eli. And it says that in those days, there is no frequent vision of God, right? And uh, so Samuel hears the Lord's voice calling and he gets up and he goes and he says, here I am, right? Here I am, you called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you, go lie down. And so again, um, here I am. You called me, right? Um, no, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. A third time, here's the voice of God. Here I am. You called me. Um, Eli, I didn't call. Oh, you would finally click. Um, the Lord might be calling you because Samuel's even lying down right where the ark of the Lord is, right there. And um, so he goes out again. And Eli says to him this time, he goes, go lie down again. And if you hear this voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down at his place. And the Lord came and stood calling at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And oftentimes this is where that passage ends, right? We sort of, we sort of, um, the application becomes when God speaks, we we're called to listen, to hear, to open our hearts, to open our ears, to receive what it is that God has to say. Um, and likewise, that, that God does speak and that we just need to listen, to, to tune in. Um, oftentimes I've heard this compared to um, just tuning our dial and that God's always speaking to us, but sometimes we have our, our frequency turned to a station that's a little bit staticky and we just have to keep tuning in our hearts, our minds, our, our spirits being still, and then we can hear. All of a sudden the frequency becomes clear and, and the voice of God um, becomes clear. Um, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But, but really the story doesn't end there, right? Um, the story doesn't end there at all because the Lord says, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel in which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice, 
or offering forever. So basically, um, right, this, this, uh, as just what Eli said, right? If, if people come to you with their sin offerings, you're the mediators for people. But who's going to mediate for you when, when you are sinning against God? Um, and indeed, God says, nobody. There's no sacrifice that's going to take away um, your sin and your place. Because you basically, you set yourself up as God to an extent. Right? This is what they did. They, they took what wasn't theirs and made themselves above God. And, and Eli let it happen. Um, and, and now God says, it, there's no atoning for it. It's, it's going to be. And this is the word he gives to Samuel. Now, Eli is basically like his father, right? Very late, the very least. He's, he's the major uh, mentor. He's the one who he's serving next to day by day by day in the temple. The one who's, who's, who's teaching Samuel um, all that there is to be a priest and to be a servant of the Lord. And probably in ways in which his sons never listened, um, Samuel is hearing. And, and in ways in which, uh, you know, Eli probably finally has this, this, this son, the son he always wanted, right, to an extent. Um, someone who's who's seeking to to live into into a godly life, um, and now God doesn't say uh, great words to Samuel, right? Uh, you know, He doesn't say uh, when it's speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, Samuel, listen to this. Um, I'm so pleased with all the things that you're doing. I am. I, I want you to grow in the life of, of serving in the temple. I want you to, you know, uh, continue to, to live into, no, it's this, it's this immediate challenging message that so often is, is the message that the prophets get when, when the Lord comes to them. You know that guy? That you that you work with every day, you know the guy who's almost like your father. Um, I'm going to punish his house. I'm going to punish his children, his sons, and and nothing anybody does about it can help. And that's the message. And you can imagine Samuel just just the rest of the night just sort of lying, you know, awake, afraid. I know how I'd feel. Um, um, now I have this information. I don't necessarily know if I want this information, right? Um, I don't know if I want this responsibility. Samuel lay into mourning. They opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, and Eli, and Samuel said, here I am. And Eli said, what did God tell you? Don't hide it from me. And Samuel told him everything. Even though it was obviously scary, even though it was hurtful, probably for Eli to hear, 
Samuel told him everything that God said, made manifest the words that God had given to Samuel. The will of God was made manifest to Eli. And Eli already knew this, but Samuel didn't know that Eli already knew this. And he says, is the Lord. Let him do what seems good. And and then it says, and Samuel grew in the Lord. And none of his words fell to the ground. Indeed, Samuel is the one who anoints King Saul. And Samuel is the one who anoints King David. And Samuel is the one who serves as the Lord's prophet uh, for many years in Israel, declaring God's word to the people, manifesting the love and light of God, and, and rebuking um the kings when necessary, rebuking Saul specifically, saying that God's anointing is 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 been taken away from him, warning the people of Israel that that a king may not be exactly what you want, right? In order to truly live um, as a holy nation and not necessarily like the nations of the world. But what does this what does this all say to us now? Now that we we have everything, and I think it's. It's because it's a powerful passage um, that that talks about who God is, and it's it's not unlike the psalm that we heard. It's it sort of mimics the psalm a little bit, right? Of where can I go to get away from God? You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it altogether. Where shall I go to get away from your spirit or flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I go to the depths of hell, you're there. You're there. You're everywhere. And and the psalmist isn't saying this in a sort of complaining way, right? The psalmist is declaring the reality of who God is. And Samuel understood this as well. Once, once he sort of let in on it, right, to, to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. From then on, the word of the Lord continued to come to Samuel, and he began to grow in the knowledge and love of the Lord. And in that knowledge, the God is everywhere. And for us, um, I think this is, this is one of these, these important aspects, especially as we begin this new season as we enter into this new year, as we, as we draw near, um, hopefully to uh, the end, an end of, of this pandemic, albeit not right away, immediately, but, but shortly. Um, but there's still gonna be a new shift, a new transition, um, not just in, in the leadership of the country, but a new transition just in how we live as well. How do we hear? How do we respond? And, and I think one of, the, one of the, the great messages here is that God comes to us, presenting us with an opportunity to manifest ourselves, um, manifest his love to, to the world around us, manifest his grace and word to the world around us, and, and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And that's an important thing. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, it's likely not going to be easy. 
It's likely going to be challenging. It's likely going to be hard. It's likely going to take courage and wisdom and discernment. Just because you hear God's word doesn't always mean that that it's going to be simple to follow. It just means that you know the path to take, right? And knowing the path to take is step one. But then being on that path is the next step and being courageous enough to walk that path. Rebuking the things of this world that tell you otherwise. And instead seeking the voice of God. And so it's it's with this invitation that I invite you on this epiphany. Um, together. That we may tune in to God's word. That we may say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. And then listen. And then follow regardless of whether it's scary or not. And I pray that we can do this together as a parish, as a nation, as a church. And I pray that that we may hold each other accountable to this as well. That we might not let people abuse God's word and desecrate God's love and speak falsely in God's name, but instead embrace the light, the love, the glory of God and manifest that with power to the world through our lives, through our witness, through our actions, through our love. That indeed, we may say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening and embrace that call because God is calling even you. God is calling you today to come, to follow, to live. Let us pray. Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, for this time to come, to hear, to listen, to offer ourselves to your service, to dedicate our lives to knowing you, to following you, to loving you, and to being witnesses of your great love, that through our lives we may manifest your glory, all that we come into contact with. For it is in your precious name we pray. Amen.